Welcome to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of your journey mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Good evening. Welcome to tonight's episode here at Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. How's it going? It is great to have you here on this beautiful evening. Fall has arrived and I am absolutely loving every second of it. This is the season where change and transformation occur, right? We are a reflection of nature. This is the time of year to let go of old ways of doing things, old behaviors, even old thought patterns that might be weighing us down in order for us to grow in new positive ways. And it's amazing how the dropping of leaves is actually a very highly controlled process when it comes to the trees. And it's it happens in order to give the tree a fresh new start, right, in, in spring. It's not the wind, it's not the cold that knocks these leaves off. It's actually a form of self-protection. So the tree in its own, say, intellectual way makes a decision in order for the tree to survive winter. The tree itself pushes the leaves off and it happens when obviously the weather gets cooler, the days get shorter. And when that happens, a hormone's released and it tells each leaf that it's time to get ready for winter. Over the next few weeks, abscission cells form that bumpy line at the place where the leaf stem meets the branch, and then the leaf is actually pushed off of the tree branch. (laughs) Slowly, but surely, and we need to push this crap off of us, just like the trees. Let it go. Tell it it's time to leave now. We want new growth, right? All right, don't mind me. I'm in a good space. I got my candle burning and I'm ready to share some information with you that might help you, hopefully. I know we've been talking a little bit about our choices and decisions in some of the recent podcast episodes. And Tonight, I thought it would be a really good idea to get a deeper analysis of decision-making, right? And I have someone that I'm very close to that really struggles with this, and I do as well. I am very indecisive, and I'm very slow when it comes to making decisions, and honestly, I will wait until the last minute to make a decision, (laughs) So this might sound similar to some of you. In tonight's discussion, we're going to be covering why are some of us so indecisive? 
why do we sometimes make bad decisions? And of course, our ultimate goal tonight here is to share the strategies that we can use to better our decision-making skills. You know, and it might be a good idea if you have a pen handy, you might want to write some of these things down as we get closer to the strategies. I think many people feel the same uncomfortable feeling when it comes to making those bigger decisions. And of course, we're always faced with those daily choices of maybe what to eat, what to wear, where to go. So much so that research shows that we make 35,000 decisions each day. So on average, if you consider, we sleep for about seven hours on average, most people, which leaves us making about 2,000 decisions an hour, or maybe one decision every two seconds, right? So I know that number seems a bit high, but really our brains are constantly making split decisions. And some of the decisions are conscious, but specifically our brains make 99.74% of decisions automatically. And obviously we're not even actually aware of them. So tonight we're going to be focusing on how to handle the heavier decisions that we're faced with. Situations that create those, those feelings of internal conflict. Maybe because we're being torn, different parts of us are pulling us in different directions. Like maybe our heart wants something, but yet our head wants something else. Some of the bigger things that we might have to contemplate in life would be decisions about maybe career change, moving or selling or buying a house, maybe ending a relationship, maybe committing to a relationship after you've been single for so long, maybe placing a loved one in a full-time care facility. It could be adopting a child. It could be retirement. There's many different scenarios out there. And these important choices really require either major time commitment or significant investment. And with that, it might elicit emotions of fear and anxiety as a result of maybe choosing the wrong option. And we spend so much time, so much time weighing the advantages and the disadvantages of the two options that it can lead us to eventually not choosing between any of them, but not making a decision is, is a decision in itself, right? So why are some of us so indecisive? Indecisiveness is actually a prevalent symptom of major depressive disorder. It's also in people with ADHD that stems from inattention, maybe memory problems, or the just not being able to stay focused. You know, other mental health disorders might play a role as well when it comes to indecisiveness, such as anxiety, PTSD, maybe dependent personality disorder. Stress can make decision making difficult, childhood trauma, and Alzheimer's. Aside from that, indecisiveness can actually be a learned behavior as well. And this comes from a clinical psychologist, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. She stated that 
Children who are raised in environments where decision-making is seen as maybe an opportunity to learn and grow, those children tend to feel more comfortable in making choices. However, if if the decision-making becomes maybe associated with making a bad choice, then that's when indecisiveness often occurs. For example, if a child were criticized by maybe one or two of their parents for making a bad decision, you know, one too many times, this creates a pattern of avoiding decision-making in that child. Then most likely, like everything else, we carry that into our adulthood, right? And as adults, we then become very apprehensive in, in making decisions out of fear of being seen as a failure. You know, indecisiveness really leads to an unconscious coping strategy. It's, it's the stress and the anxiety associated with it that leads to avoiding making both big and small decisions. Now, on the other hand, you know, some of the parents who maybe made a lot of the decisions for the child, maybe not leaving any room for the child to have a chance to maybe succeed or fail on their own. Those are going to be typically the people who seek others to help them with their decision making. When it comes to where Americans place their trust as they gather information before making a an important decision, 81% say they rely a lot on their own research. You know, then 43% rely on family and friends. 31% rely on professional experts. And then really 15% really rely on their own research, but very, very little research before making a major decision. Not only is it fear of failure, but there's also a lack of confidence. There's a lack of information. There's procrastination or even being overwhelmed with the details that can cause even more confusion, even um, people pleasers. Now, people pleasers, they very much struggle with making decisions. And it's due to worrying about what others think or what others want for them versus what they want for themselves. Now, there's plenty of times throughout life that we might not make the best choices, the best decisions. And I don't want to focus on this too much because what's done is done, right? (laughs) I think, you know, I don't necessarily like to look at decisions in that way, you know? We go down certain paths for a reason and what happens there is up to us, what we gain from that experience. But when you reflect on your life, you know, and you consider a poor decision that you made, you might ask yourself, like, why you made it? Why do we make these decisions? There are a number of elements that lead to bad decision making. And understanding these processes and how they function and and how they impact your thinking may help you make better judgments in the future. 
some of these that can contribute to that is past experiences, biases, fatigue, distraction. These are all things that have played a part in our poor decision making in the past. And I don't want to focus too much on why we made poor decisions, but I did just want to touch on that a little bit. I want to focus on what we're here to do, which is to find the strategies to overcome that. Okay. So we're going to move on to that. What are some of the strategies for making better decisions? You know, making better decisions is what leads us closer to our goals. It's what brings us more energy. It's what makes us more productive in life. So I have a fun little challenge for you. I would like you to point to a location in your body that makes up for all of who you are. Just point anywhere in your body, on your body right now, of who you are. Now, most likely, you either pointed to your head or your heart. And when I did this exercise, it went straight to my heart. So research shows where you point says a lot about your psychological makeup and how we base our decisions. Those who pointed at their heads as opposed to those who pointed at their hearts are more rational. They're more logical, of course. They don't allow their emotions to get into the way of a stressful situation. And most men are head locators, right? This also means that people who are head locators tend to have a higher GPA than heart locators, right? And they're more accurate on answering general questions overall. So when it comes to those who pointed to the heart, they're more sensitive. They tend to rely on emotions rather than logic when making decisions, right? We're very emotional decision-making people. So I think it's essential to not only use our brain or our heart, but to really pay close attention to all the sensory-based information throughout the body. Now, when you're trying to decide on a decision, it's important to scan the body, the head, noticing any resistance or the feeling that is signaling us, right? Our brains can trick us, so we have to be very careful in doing this. But notice... Notice the feeling in your heart. Notice the feeling in your gut. Notice the feeling in your head. Notice the feeling in your chest. And really pay attention to what they are saying. Is it a yes or is it a no? If you're having resistance, that would usually signal a no. But again, we have to be very careful because our brain, due to past experiences, can lead us down the wrong path out of fear. We also have to take into account our, our emotions and our feelings. You know, does it fit with our, our more positive emotions? You know, does this decision match who we are as a person? What are we seeing about this decision? How does this decision correlate with our long-term goals? Is this decision compatible with the situation that you might find yourself in? You know, what are you hearing about this decision? And one of the most important strategies, I think, when it comes to 
making decisions is our values. Do you really know what your values are? When I ask you that question right now, do you know what your values are? When it comes to making decisions, we really need to know what our values are. And most people don't. Knowing this and understanding why you have these values will really help when it comes to the choices that you're faced with in life. When we can determine our own values, we'll really learn what's important to us. And keeping our integrity and doing what's best for us, what's right for us can be difficult. But when you factor in your beliefs, you know that you're making choices with confidence and clarity. And you'll have the confidence that you're doing what's really best for you, right? Both now and in the future. And I know making value-based choices may not always be easy. However, making a choice that you know is right for you is a lot less difficult in the long run. But I really think that it's important to approach decisions with questions to gather the proper information. I'm going to share a list of some really great detailed questions. And it came from a book called Creative Solutions from L. Michael Halls. And I just think that these are so great to write down and turn to them when you are faced with a difficult decision. You know, obviously, first you want to identify the subject of the decision. Then you want to ask, what is the decision that you want or need to make? What are your choices? What will the decision look or sound like? When you make it, you will say what? Why is it important to make this decision? Why is it important to make this decision? When do you need to make the decision by? What time factors are involved? In what area of life is the decision relevant? How does it or could it influence others in your life? Is anyone else involved in the making of this decision? Or are you just a sole decider? What do you need to know to make the decision? What information do you need to gather from who or where? You know, is the information available now? If you do or you don't make this decision, will it mean something later to you? Like when you're on your deathbed, for example, will it bring regrets? Where will you be in a year, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, if you don't make this decision? Or if you do make this decision, when we're trying to find the answers that we need, we have to be sure that we're in a very strong emotional state, not in a state of desperation, not in a state of anger or fear or depression. You know, it's best to be happy, to be clear headed in order to find clarity. You also don't want to overlook a lot of details, but you also don't want to obsess over the pros and cons. Contemplating for, for too long is stalling. It causes procrastination. We have to start somewhere and we have to try and let go. We can't always be in control of where life is going to take us. But I guarantee that wherever we go, wherever you go, 
you'll gain something. You'll gain something in there if you choose to look at life through a more optimistic lens rather than a pessimistic one. We're very, very strong beings, right? And once we take action by making a choice, we can always steer where it takes us, in which direction we want to go. But we have to surrender sometimes to the unknown. It's the same as if you go on a bike or you go on a car and you don't have a GPS, but you just start going in a completely different direction than you're used to. We might get lost, but we always find our way back home. This is life. So we should really never fret too much about our decisions. You know, go back and look at some of the poor decisions from your past. What do you see? Do you see what you lost? Or are you looking at what you gained? Whether that's knowledge or wisdom. You know, that's going to tell you a lot on how you're going to react to future consequences if there are any. You know, and that's another question. What would be the consequences if you do or don't make this choice? And how are you going to react and respond to that consequence later on? And will you be able to handle and deal with that? For example, if you want to buy a million dollar home, but your job's a little unstable, what are the consequences if you buy that home and lose your job? Are there any alternatives? If so, what are they? How are you going to deal with it if you do lose your job? Another great question is, does this decision expand you? Does it bring you more possibilities? Or is it going to shrink you? Is it going to inhibit you in any way? We also want to find someone who's an expert or someone who has a similar experience with the choice that we're struggling with, right? Maybe you want to get a divorce, say. You want to talk to somebody who's in a healthy relationship because they may have some, some new ideas or thoughts that you really haven't considered before ending the relationship or maybe getting into a new business, whatever the dilemma is, you want to find an expert or someone who has the same experience that can help you. Life is constantly changing and transforming and life gives us plenty of opportunities, but we have a tendency to think that there's some door that's guaranteeing happiness. But we all know that life isn't like that, right? We have to see life realistically and understand that there's going to be a door. And behind that door, we're never going to be free of pain and disappointment. With any choice, there's always going to be obstacles or challenges or possible heartache. And we can't know what option is good for us in advance sometimes because that's going to depend on the choice we make now. Maybe you weren't feeling so great about a career change for whatever reason that was. And now that you've made that change, you can't imagine ever leaving that job or that career. It turned out better than you would have ever imagined. Ultimately, whether your choice will be a good one is going to be up to you and how you deal with it and how you react to it. But you're never going to know until you make 
that decision. And I want to say one more thing. I really believe that when we are in a fog about a dilemma or a choice in our life, it's best to step away. Step away a little bit. Go help another person. Because we're always going to learn something from helping others. I guarantee you, there's always something to gain there. Taking your focus off of your problem to help someone else will allow the universe, God, source to work on your problem through you or through another person or through a a few other people. You know, as you show favor, favor will show you and everything always ends up working out. You might be amazed at how the answers will reveal themselves by doing acts of service while you're in a dilemma. Okay, I think we're going to end it there. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found a little bit of value here. And I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. I look forward to coming back soon. Take care.